Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Bar Levy, also known as B. I am the founder of the Defiant Spirit and the creator of the Defy Your Number Enneagram system. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you're on video on YouTube or you're one of the platforms that we podcast on here at Soul Centered, my wife Ariel and I, thank you for tuning in and joining. So if you have been following, you have been on a journey around the Enneagram wheel you can see behind me if you are online uh, on video um we started out roughly nine weeks ago to do an overview of each type because i masked a lot you know like what's each type represent and instead of me saying it over and over again i thought you know what it's a win-win for me to create a thorough methodical one through nine system or um, podcast series and that's what i've been doing this week we wind out the series with um, Enneagram 9, The Peacemaker. And simultaneously, I've also been on a journey with my good friend and partner in all things finance and wealth, Michael Feiner, and we've done the same thing vis-a-vis the lens of finance and wealth. And so that's our Wealth360 program. And so you can listen to the general description and you can listen to the Wealth360 description and many other new kind of uh, pilot projects going on with me and the Defiant Spirit. So I'd love to tell you more about those. But first, let's talk about the Enneagram 9. So I'm just reading off my ebook, which you can get um, if you jump over to Defy Your Number, sorry, Defiant Spirit, and you um, sign up for the Defy Your Number program. I now have ebooks for each type I give you a test and assessment to get you into the right book, or if you've already, or you already know your number, you don't have to go through the, the assessment. Um, so you can buy the ebook, and with that comes videos and a workbook and access to a monthly webinar that I'm now doing. So lots of good stuff, but regardless, Enneagram 9, the Peacemaker. Okay, some people will ask me, you know, why is it a different name and different systems? The names change. Um, You might have heard of this as the um, gentle spirit or the mediator. Usually this one's the peace something. So it doesn't matter what you call the number. The numbers are going to be the same in every Enneagram system. The, The energies, the qualities, the attributes, it's the names that change. But, you know, what's in a name? So the nine, I'll just refer to it usually as the nine is one of the more distinctive Enneagram types. And they're distinctive in some ways because of their non-distinctiveness. That's deep. They are recognizable oftentimes by their quiet, not necessarily introverted, though maybe more often than not they are, but more of a gentle, that's the word I'm looking for, gentle, peaceful presence, which is why they're called the peacemaker. Nines just are not big energy, whereas their neighbors, the eight, 
like me, are known to be big energy, sort of recognizable because we're we tend to be loud, we tend to be pushy, we tend to be forceful. Nines are the exact opposite, and you find that a lot in the Enneagram. I think no more pronounced than nine and eight. Nine and eight are a yin and a yang combination. It's not coincidence that you find this on the Enneagram because it's a lot of it's mathematics. And so you have these two numbers next to each other, almost counterbalances. Um, and they're very distinct in their each in their own right. Nines are distinct often by not being distinct, by wanting to blend in, by sometimes a passiveness or even a what's called sloth-like approach to things. Now, it's not true that they are sloth-like or lazy. That's probably a more modern translation of that traditional Enneagram term. It's not. Not, 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 not. It's one of the big stereotypes of the Enneagram. It's rarely true that nines are lazy. They become lazy or sloth-like around conflict, around difficult things. So they may be the hardest worker in your life, but then you come up against something that's really difficult. Either there's conflict, you know, they have to confront somebody or it's just a hard topic subject. And that's when they kind of go, go into this weird laziness, selective laziness, checking out. I have a daughter who's a nine, um, Shoshana, and she'll have a hard test coming up. So she'll have done all her homework. She'll have walked the dog. She'll have gone to volleyball practice. And we say, so Shosh, have you uh, studied for your history test or whatever it is? And she'll say no. And you start pushing her and you realize that um, it's because she's scared of the subject and getting a bad grade, whatever it is. And so all of a sudden, it's lazy in one area. Now that can drip and drift over to the other areas of their lives. Um, but you can recognize this somewhat easily when somebody is almost absent and they're standing right there, they're nine-ish. Even if they're not a nine, they probably have nine in their, their whole type. So maybe they're a four, but they act like a nine. Remember, eight, nine, and one are part of the action triad, eight, nine, and one. And so nine is the is the one that throws you off. The one in the middle is the one that always throws you off. So eight, nine, and one are the action, but nine looks inactive sometimes. Two, three, and four are the feeling heart types. Three doesn't look like a heart type. Um, four, sorry, five, it's hard to do backwards. Six and seven is are the um, thinking types. And six, the middle one in each of these, six is the one that is conflicted around thinking. So nine is conflicted around action. And when they don't know what to do, they can tend to shut down and go into inaction. Let me tell you some famous nines to give it some flavor. And here are some famous nines. Now, on the obvious side would be Fred Rogers. I have this picture on my, in the uh, Defy Your Number ebook. That's an obvious one. That's like not even a fair, because it's almost a stereotypical version of a nine. You know, some other ones along that vibe, Janet Jackson. Have you ever seen a video, or uh, sorry, a um, interview with Janet Jackson, or remember her, for those of you who are old enough back in the days, pop quiz. What show, what TV show, hit TV show was Janet Jackson featured in? I think it was her debut and certainly in television. Drum roll, please. That's right. If if you haven't seen it, this is not giving away um, anything because you've had like 40 years to watch it. And that is Good Times, Dynamite with JJ. So she was the younger sister. Remember that? Anyway, she's so sweet. 
But even when she got older, she was sweet. There's a sweetness about nines. They're just unmistakably sweet and kind. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's real or good. Sometimes they got to rise up and not be so sweet and kind. Um, I have another one here, Rosa Parks. Who else? Scarlett Johansson, uh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick, Broderick. These are the uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Although I wouldn't say she was a, a nine in Friends. Maybe she was. Nah, I don't think she was. But in real life, Queen Elizabeth. So these are some obvious ones. Now, I go to some of the not obvious ones. And people are always surprised. More presidents, U.S. presidents, have probably been nines than any other type. So Ronald Reagan, people are surprised, doesn't strike them as a nine or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. These are nines. And, and you can see the, the nine range because on the one hand, they can be these sort of gentle, sweet, passive types. On the other hand, nobody accused like Ronald Reagan of being passive. He went head to head with the, the Soviet Union, you know. In some ways, he was responsible for bringing down the Soviet empire. Um, Barack Obama, you know, not a wallflower. These were not, these were not um, quiet people, even though they were reserved in their energy. So sort of a quiet strength. That's one defining aspect of a nine. It's like they don't need to yell. They don't yell. I don't remember hearing... Clinton, Obama, or Reagan yell. I think I heard Trump yell like every day. He's an angry eight, right? But those three presidents, not so much. It wasn't their MO. Very kind, very sweet. Um, let me tell you just a quick interaction I had. I was um, back in the days when I was in the cannabis industry, I went and checked out a opportunity and it was in South Central Los Angeles. As, as maybe some of you know, I was um, in cannabis social equity, trying to sort of right some of the wrongs of the industry. And I was introduced to Scotty Pippen. I was a part of a group. He was part of a group. It wasn't me personally, but he was introduced or he came to the group and people were going around introducing themselves. And he came to Scotty and he said, hi, I'm Scotty Pippen. And everybody's like, we know who you are. You know, if he was anything but a nine, he would have just assumed everybody knew who he was. But he's a nine. So there is this unassuming kind quality. I imagine, I guess, even the superstars, the megastars, the most powerful men and women in history, that nineness just exudes. Um, that's one defining quality. I think that surprises a lot of people when it comes to nines. Here's another one that maybe surprises people. The creative capacity of a nine is like unparalleled. Seven is creative, the enthusiast, but that's more of a like brainstorm, you know, movement Thing that they do to create. Um, fours are creative, but that's more of an artistic sort of depths of harnessing artistic kind of depth, darkness stuff. Nines are just creative because, well, let me share with you some creative nines. Steve Wozniak um, is a nine. If you've ever listened to Steve, he, he sounds very much like a yang to the, or yin to the yang of, or whatever that is, of um, Steve Jobs, who was an eight. So really balancing each other. You have um, the Muppets guy. Jim Henson was a nine. George Lucas was a nine. Walt Disney was a nine. All of them are massive or were or are massively creative types. Interestingly, too, is they almost were always paired with a hard type, either an achiever like a three or a challenger like an eight. So um, 
you know, Walt had Roy Disney and Wozniak had Jobs and um, George Lucas was a Francis Ford Coppola and who else did I name? Whatever. You can you get the get the point. So they tend to pair up with somebody who can take their ideas and jam them down somebody's throat because, you know, nobody wanted George Lucas's first film. Um, THX, blah, blah, blah. I forgot what it was. But he needed, you know, other people to advocate for him. Now they get to a point, and this is the work that they do, when they can stand on their own two feet. But nines have a hard time at first, if not standing on their own two feet, standing up for themselves. So this is the shadow side of a nine. My heart really breaks for nines more than most other types because I say nines and twos, we send mixed messages. So nines will be described as the good boy or the good girl of the Enneagram or in my family, I have one nine. And, you know, it's a middle child. She is a middle child. Not it. She's a middle child, but it's a middle child thing where they sort of disappear. They don't feel heard or... They don't believe they should be heard or they're worthy of being heard. And so they just kind of poof, they're gone. And we sort of encourage that. We almost reward that because, oh, she's so easy. They're so nice. They're so kind. Oh, they'll go along with it. So we can say we you know, want to push them and help them grow and, and all that. But we also send them mixed messages because we tell them how nice they are when they get along. Nines will blow their freaking lid. So don't think for a second that they don't have this juice inside of them. I call it, you know, the eight juice. It's a combination of anger, control, intensity, just pissed offness. And they have it. Eight nines and ones, all we all have it. Eight nines and ones really have it because we're body types and that's the body reaction versus five, six, and seven, which are more anxiety, head reaction, and two, three, and four, which more shame and sadness, emotional reaction. But eight, nine, and one are all pissed. Eights know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. They have a scorched earth policy. Ones repress it. Everybody knows it with a one. You can feel it around a one, a reformer, listen to that podcast. They just don't know it. They think they're not angry, but they're the type where they got the the steam coming out their ears. Nines, they don't look angry and they don't think they're angry. That's why everybody's surprised when a nine blows her lid. My f- most famous example of this is, I'm um, looking at the slide of the Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner, mild-mannered Bruce, until he was pissed. And then the Hulk came, you know, Lou Frigno back in the day, came raging out of him and just wreaked havoc out of control. Well, I don't know if nines go that far out of control, but they they certainly have it within them to do so. They often, though, mask it. They hide it. They um, surprise people. And they I think they even surprise themselves. So nines have a lot of work to do around getting in touch with that juice, with that life force. I just did a podcast on Martin Luther King, The Angry Eight. We like to remember the past the way we want to, and we like to wax the anger out of Martin Luther King or Mother Teresa, but these were some pissed off people. Now, they learned how to harness their anger towards 
the injustice that they experienced and we were experiencing in very constructive ways. But Martin Luther King was angry. That's eights. Eights are in touch with it. Nines need to go there. And so my work with nines tends to be around giving them permission to feel their feelings, the whole range of feelings, not just the the happy ones. Here's another um, famous example. It's famous example. I don't know if many people think of it in terms to nine. The Lego movie. Remember, um, not Hello Kitty. What the heck was that cat's name? Um, Unikitty. If you watch Lego movie, Unikitty, you know, it's all bubblegum and roses and she's trying to make herself happy, telling herself and then boom, snaps, psychotic. So nines have to be proactive in getting in touch with that anger to use the anger and not be used by it. Nobody wants to live in anger. Nobody should carry anger, you know, on the outside so everybody knows they're angry. Healthy, responsive angry types like Martin Luther King, I'd like to think me, although I'm no Martin Luther King, um, they harness it towards a cause, towards something worthy. And that's where nines really have to get in touch with that because nines oftentimes are missing that juice and it comes through. It comes through like in a cocktail party or uh, even a one-on-one setting. When you don't feel like you have the nine, fives do this too, the, um, the investigator they it's like they're just there but they're not there and you want to like reach into their soul and grab it and pull it out again reactive not responsive so when they're reactive you you just almost feel like you don't have them you feel like they've disappeared and and nines i think they have disappeared so nines are guilty of agreeing being agreeable on the outside but on the inside they're not agreeing on the inside, they're digging their heels in. They will get you through passive aggression. So, Shoshana, I need you to clean your room. Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. She's smiling, she's nodding, she's saying all the right things, and we'll come back at the end of the day, and her room's still messy. She had no intention of cleaning it. She just wasn't also going to tell us that. And she'll get herself into a lot of trouble, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Her sister, Maya will say, no, I'm not cleaning it. And we get, you know, we go head to head. It's more exhausting on the surface going head to head with an angry eight, but it's honest and you can cut to it and get to the issues. With a nine, like the Shoshana example might drag on for a week and she keeps saying yes and she keeps meaning no. Nines are stubborn bastards. They are so, this is one of the deceptions of the Enneagram. Right, don't judge a book by its cover. Nines are probably the toughest, most entrenched types. I um, I'm always amazed at how hard it is to push a nine into something. They have to go willingly. They are a mule, like a stubborn mule, and it's uh, hoofs dug into the ground, and you can drag all you want, but until they've got buy-in, there ain't no way around it, because Eight, nine, and one, they don't like to be controlled. Nobody likes to be controlled, but eight, nines, and ones have a visceral reaction. Again, we're gut types, we're body, can feel like we're being manipulated, and that shuts us down like no other types. Well, nines, they're they're in a precarious position because the world around them 
underestimates them and thinks that they can push if, or bully a nine because they don't look like fighters, but they are fighters. They're just quiet about it, passive about it, indirect about it. And that's part of the work that they have to do to access that anger, that intensity, we call it in Hebrew and Kabbalah, nefesh, that life force and drink from it and harness it and share it with the world. When they do this, I call it taking back their power. They take back their power. They stop outsourcing it, giving it away. Why do they do this? Because nines don't like conflict. They don't want conflict. Nobody really likes conflict except maybe some versions of eight, some versions of six, some versions of four. But other than that, um, nobody likes conflict, even as an eight. I don't like conflict. I'm just willing to do it to get my needs met. Nines need to be willing to do conflict. If they spend their life running from conflict, they spend their lives running from their true self, from their, their essence, from their spirit. And so the work of a nine is to take back their power, to rock the freaking boat, to use your voice, to take up space, to make a stand. When, when Shoshana or my sister, or I know lots of nines, when they like raise their voice, people listen. Now, it doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, you better take them seriously because you know you've crossed the threshold into important stuff. For them to be willing to make a stand, take a stand and cause controversy, if not conflict, that's a that's a big deal. And I work with nines to take a bigger stand, to take up more space, to be louder. It's one of the things I say to nines all the time. You're full volume is like an eight's mute. So you can never be too loud, just like an eight probably will never be too quiet. So turn it up, turn the volume up, not just in the volume of your voice, but the volume of your energy. Take up space. You deserve to be in the room, to be in the relationship, to be in the position, whatever it is. And that's part of the deal. You got to take on some of that chutzpah, the audacity of the seven um, to believe your worth, of the five to not give a damn, of the three to know you will win. So all these other types that I just named, thats I don't tell them to take back their power or eights especially. I tell them some ways to get in touch with deeper authentic power, but not to give up up to sorry to take back their power but nines twos to some degree they need to really take back their power sixes there are certain types that just forfeit it to other and as i think about it it's because the types i just named are all other referencing they they navigate the world based on either their circumstances or the people in those circumstances and what those people or those circumstances need now this isn't selfless and nines and twos can delude themselves or we can be deluded into thinking it's, oh, they're selfless. It's a strategy. If they can tend to your needs, <clears throat> keep you happy, they get their needs met, which is to not have to deal with you, eight hole, um, not have to deal with you demanding one, you know, whatever it is. It's a strategy and it's not a good one because it's not honest. And that's something a nine has to come to terms with. Every Enneagram type lies. When we are in our reactive lower self, when we're unhealthy, when we're, 
We all manipulate. Manipulate is a form of lying. We're not being honest. Nines will manipulate or lie, again, by saying yes and meaning no, by telling you that they're fine or they don't care, they don't have a choice when they do, when they avoid a difficult situation or conflict and pretend like it's all peachy keen. It's not. So the work of all types is to tell the truth. And for a nine, it's to figure out what the truth is. And then it's to speak the truth. And yes, at all costs. Nines, you're going to have to make a stand. You're going to rock the boat. People may fall off the boat, maybe even drown, but it's necessary. You are not here to play it safe. You are not here to build bridges and be peaceful. It's important. It has its time and its place. But I tell nines this all the time and twos. It's not genuine peace if you're feeling disharmony on the inside and you're creating harmony by saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done and you don't want to. It's not yours. It's just you're creating harmony for everybody but yourself. And this is a price nines pay. But they feel less than harmonious on the inside, understandably, because they're trying to make everybody happy or trying to make everything okay. When on the inside, they're denying themselves. They're denying their truth. When you say yes to somebody else, you're saying no at some level to yourself. Nines need to stop selling themselves out to make other people happy. And they need to stand in their truth and, and accept the consequences for the long-term true harmony, genuine peace, and honestly, as a sign of respect. If the person across from you is used to you saying yes and can't handle no, or will be hurt or scared or angry if you say no, tough shit. Say it. You're, you, you have to stand in front of the mirror. You have to answer to yourself at the end of the day. If you haven't read the poem, The Guy in the Glass, this one was written for a nine. Google, Guy in the Glass. Um, This one was written for you because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter if other people are experiencing harmony. If you are paying the price for it, if you're sacrificing your own needs, your own dreams, your own harmony for theirs. And that isn't right. And it's disrespectful because I don't like finding out afterwards that a nine said yes but they meant no, and they just didn't trust me enough to say no. So say it, say it in your gentle nine-ish way, live it, but say it and live it. No means no, and you need to say it freely and frequently and feel good about it. All right, that's a lot on nine. Um, I can give you so much more. You'll jump over to Defy, Defiant Spirit, my website, and you'll purchase the Defy Your Number Enneagram. Or you can do the stepping stone, which is I now have an ebook. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be up and downloadable. But if it's not, just shoot me an email Baruch, B A R U C H, at um, defiantspirit.org. Baruch at defiantspirit.org. And I'll send you a, um, I think it's like a 15 page ebook on an overview of all nine types and what they look like, how they react, how they respond when they walk into a bar. That's Enneagram 9. Check out the Enneagram 9 podcast with Michael Feiner and myself coming out after this about the 9 as an investor. I think it's called the Moderate Investor. And uh, stay tuned for much more 9 and all things Enneagram. Until then, defy your number and live your spirit. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.